0: Welcome to the 19th episode of Outsiders. Outsiders is a podcast that features innovative women, queer culture, and conversation. My name is Julia Curtis Burns, and I am your host.
1: And today I'm joined by... My name is Desiree Marshall. Um, I'm a queer barber uh, in Brooklyn by way of Springfield, Mass.
0: Oh, okay. So you've been living in Brooklyn for about... 10 years
1: now, right? A little, little over 10 years. I came out here for college in uh, ooh, 2000, <laughs> 2002. Okay. Um, I went to Hofstra University in Long Island, and right after graduating, I moved to, to Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. And how do you feel about, because I went to school, I went to college in Massachusetts.
1: Oh, it's not. where did you go? Yeah, I went to Wellesley, so I was like... Okay, my cousin went there. <laughs> oh, awesome. Do I know your cousin? <laughs> no, nah, she went 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, you know. <laughs> um,
0: but I went there and so I was able to sort of compare, I don't count the town of Wellesley because I don't really hang yeah. out there, but Boston okay. to Manhattan, New York. Yeah. How do you feel about
1: Springfield versus New York City? Uh, so, I mean, living in, in, in Flatbush, one of the reasons I, I like this neighborhood is because it reminds me of home. Mm. Um, just, you know, lots of families that have been here for, for quite a bit. I mean, now the neighborhood is changing drastically. Um, but when I first moved here, it just reminded me of Springfield. Mm. Um, but it's definitely more fast paced. (laughs) Um, (laughs) there's a lot more people. Yeah. Um, I can see a different face every day back home. You see the same faces all the time. Um, because Springfield, you know, we're, we're technically a city, Mm -hmm. um, but it still has like that small town feel but not like super small town like you see in the movies. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I love I love living in Brooklyn. I love going back home to visit. I don't know if I would ever move back home. Um, New York takes is, you man. Yeah, it takes man. you like it just there's just way <laughs> even even when I'm not doing anything, I feel like I'm doing more <laughs> than if back home when I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So um but it's pretty. It's pretty comparable. Like the, the makeup of people, um, the fact that like there's just rich history in both both areas. Um, but I really like Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be able to live in another another borough. What? Um, yeah. You know man. what? This is
0: hurting me <laughs> because you know I feel like I'm the last
1: queer woman <laughs> of Manhattan. <laughs> See, like, whenever I go anywhere, man, and they're like, "We're Brooklyn," I'm like, "Brooklyn." I know. I'm but from- then I always shout out Springfield, like. Oh, afterwards. underneath the no- I'm the only one who does it. So I'm like, Springfield. Brooklyn, Springfield. Yeah, yeah. Like that. You, know, you gotta, you gotta hold it down. <laughs> gotta hold it down. That's
0: funny. Um, so I always like to talk about terms. How do you? Are there any terms that you feel comfortable identifying with, and what are they and why?
1: Um, I describe myself as a queer woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm mixed. I'm half black, half white. Um, so I always. For a long time, <laughs> I used to say, "Oh, black lesbian," uh, because I didn't really have access to, to other terms um, and just other identities. Mm. But it never, I never really felt like too connected to that term. Um, but then uh, I used to be an organizer, um, community organizer, uh, with this group called Fierce. Um, oh, I, I think I heard of that. Yeah, pretty dope organization. Awesome. And uh, so the the idea of, of what it means to identify as queer and um, kind of the, the the power and the and the politics around that term, um, just felt more. I just felt more connected to that, um, and just coming into my own identity as as a person of color. Um, so I always say, woman, queer woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, my PGPs are she and her. Um, so yeah, queer woman of color is. Mm. is, is, is Can I ask you, for black
0: lesbian, I also, like, I like the term lesbian for what it means, and it's, you know, very direct Mm -hmm. about what it means, Um, and I'd be interested to hear more about why you didn't feel like it quite fit,
1: like, I feel like it's too... I'm not really one for labels too much. I don't like being put in a box. Mm-hmm. And that term always just felt too boxed in mm-hmm. for me. Um, and also, I think it, it, it took a while for me to, to come to, t- not come to terms, really understand what it means to be um, a to be mixed, to have mm. you know, to be half black, to be half white, to know that when the world looks at me, all they see is black. They only see mm. my brown skin, um, or they think that um, I get mistaken for Puerto Rican and Dominican a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they don't they don't necessarily see me as anything other than than brown. Mm. Um, and for me, saying you know, owning the fact that I'm mixed just it, it means a lot to me because you know I was raised by my mom. Um, who is white and she always told me and my brothers, um, you know, you, you're mixed but the world's going to see you as black and mm. you need to know what that means in this world. Um, like folks over with, I remember growing up, people being like, oh, they're going to be so confused because they're not going to know me and my brothers were going to be confused because we didn't know what we were. I don't know why people yeah. think being mixed is such a confusing thing, um, but for me, it never, it never really was. Um, but it was also like trying to figure out what, what's the word that I feel more comfortable with. I heard mulatto a lot when I was growing really? up by like kids in school and, and teachers, and um, then I found out what mulatto meant, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's derogatory. Um, and I was like, I right, mix. That's what. That's what suits me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a mixed bag anyway, mm-hmm. and so um, and mixed is kind of open. Queer is is more open, um, and I feel like it's just you know it's more fluid. I can I can occupy a lot of different spaces with those with those terms. If I have to use any labels to describe me, I like stuff that's mm-hmm. a little bit more open ended than just mm-hmm. this is what you are. Um, I like that too.
0: That's interesting to me on many levels. So. I come from a family that is historically because of a lot of reasons, right? So my family's from the South. Okay. I'm African American. Um, but there's been a lot of mixing, specifically on my mom's side. Okay. Um, so I grew up being the darkest person in my like entire line. My whole family. So I was always like looking for faces, looking for people to fit in with. Mm-hmm. Um And for a long time, I felt like I was adopted because I didn't see anyone that I felt I could find my face in. I don't know. And then, and it was interesting because from um, the African-American community, a lot of comments that I got were, oh, your features are not traditionally black. Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? I was like, okay, or your hair looks like you must be mixed. And so I grew up, like, getting comments like that all the time and um so identity wise it always made me feel like where do I fit in yeah um so yeah when you say that it really resonates with me but I am curious about how how have you felt in the sense that your mom said to you when you were growing up you know you are of mixed background but the world will perceive you as black
1: I mean, I. Then I, I not know what, what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when you're you know six years old or whatever, you're like, all right, mom, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, now now that I'm older, um, I get what she was she was trying to to prepare us for. Um, it's interesting now with all the the stuff that's going on um, with you know. Police brutality being such a heavy issue um, in the last the last few years, at least you know, mainstream wise, um, folks always talk about the the talk, you yeah. know that, that uh, parents of color have to have with their kids. And my mom never really had that talk with us. Um, my brothers had that talk with me, so it came oh, it came from my brothers when when they were in my brother was in college and I was still in high school. Um, but I think you know when when my mom she just always wanted us to be you know to have high self esteem to 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 trust in ourselves and and to be prideful of who we are and not to let other people define who we are for us. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, yeah, so I think that's and but I don't think she was uh, blind to the fact that you know as a as a white lady she. Gave birth to three brown kids, and that's going to mean something different than mm-hmm. raising uh, three kids who could pass or who were uh, who were white. And none of us could pass, so um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was just you know her way of, of making sure that you know we recognize all the all the parts of us.
0: I love so, that. I
1: think that that's really
0: important for parents. Yeah. yeah. So this is beautiful. Shout out to Des mom. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you tell us
1: about what you do and how you got involved so i am a barber mm-hmm. uh by trade um yeah so i've been i've been cutting hair now full time it'll be two years in april congrats thank you um so i've been cutting hair on and off for quite some time now, maybe something like seven, six or seven years. Um, so I started cutting hair. I, I was just cutting my own. Mm. Um, I was a community organizer. Um, it took me a really long time to find a barber um, who, one, was like good at cutting hair, <laughs> and two, wouldn't treat me like an asshole. So mm. there's a lot of shops I would go into and, um, you know, I don't think barbershops are really used to a lot of uh, anybody other than like cis men coming into the shop, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times I would be asked, Are you sure you want to cut your hair down so short? Do you want the lesbian haircut? Mm-hmm. Um, or it would just be like really misogynistic shit. Like people would ask me questions about, like, do I have, one, do I have a girlfriend? And then what are the things I do with women? And like, it was all, It was bad. I finally found a barber who was good at cutting hair and treated me like a decent person. Um, But as an organizer, um, you know, it was hard to to find the time Mm. to actually go get a cut. Um, And uh, so I bought myself some some clippers and just started cutting my own hair. Um, And then, you know, at the time I was working at Fierce, I was working with uh, queer youth of color, and it just hit me that they're probably having issues trying to get haircuts as well, and so I started giving members free haircuts in exchange for their participation in the organization. Mm. Um, so I used it as a way to kind of sit down and have one-on-ones with members, um, and you know, figure out what their leadership development plan was. Um, if folks were coming to actions or workshops, um, I would barter with them like, "Well, if you come, you know, I'll give you a haircut." Mm. Um, so I was able to kind of honed my skills a little bit, um, really on like a self-taught type of level. Um, but after eight years of organizing, uh, I started to feel a little burnt out. was starting to fall out of love with the work. Um, and so before I completely hated organizing, mm-hmm. I was like, let me do something else. And uh, cutting hair just seemed like the next, the next thing to do because it was one of the other things I was really passionate about. So I went to barber school um, thanks to support from my mom and uh, my girlfriend. Uh, got my apprentice license and uh, was able to get into a shop in, uh, in Flatbush um, pretty quickly after that. Started to build my reputation up a little bit. Um, now I'm at another, I'm at a new shop in uh, downtown Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting, interesting ride. Wow,
0: that's awesome. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about the process of getting your license? I mean, is is it how long is the schooling? Yep. Is it very expensive? Are there scholarships? How does one get involved with that
1: part? Um, so there's two different ways that you can go about getting your license in New York City. Uh one is, I mean, if you already know a, a barbershop owner, they can take you on as an apprentice. Um, I think you have to work there for, like, two years, and then you're able to take um, the master barber licensing test. Um, or you can do what I did, which was go to barber school to build your hours um, and that, like, accreditation. Mm. Um, and you, at the end, so the school, it's based on how many hours you do because it's a certificate program. Um, I did it full time, um, so it took me about two months. okay. Um, and so you go to the school, uh, you're in class for like two weeks learning kind of the history of barbering, um, kind of the laws around uh, sanitation and, and uh, how to properly clean tools and, and all that stuff, kind of the, the, the practical um, uh, in theory of barbering. And uh, after that, you are in the front of the school, which is basically a barbershop. Um, and they offer uh, low-cost haircuts to to folks. Mm. Um, the school that I was at, the American Barber Institute, ABI, also, um, we were... It was on 29th Street, so we were close to a lot of different shelters in the area. Mm. Um, so they had some sort of uh, like, um, program, some type of connection with uh, different um, homeless shelters. And so some of the... the Mostly it was it was men that came, um, but they would come and get a haircut for free, um, oh, which that. for me was really, really. was really dope, because um, that's want to be able to give back that's to beautiful. to community in different ways. So that was really cool to be able to. You're on the floor. You're cutting however many people you can fit in. What was it like four hours for the day? Mm. Um, and it's really just about getting the practice. Uh, there's teachers, um, that are there. So if you mess up, which you're going to mess up, uh, they're there to kind of fix the haircut and, um, you just learn all the things that you need to learn in order to take the master barber test. Um, so I still have to take my master barber test. Uh, and what that does is, um, if I ever want to own my own shop, which I do, um, you need your master barber. So right now I'm operating with my, with my apprentice license. Um, and hopefully before this year is done, I will be Desiree Marshall, master barber. Yes, you will. Yeah. So I know that you will. I hope so. That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty simple process. Um, barbering in New York city is not as, uh, it's not as intensive a process as like cosmetology school. Mm. That's like a good year and a half. Cause you're learning. There's far more skills that they're learning in terms of like coloring hair and all the different techniques of using scissors. Um, For barbers, you know, we we focus more so on our clippers. Um and so once we learn how to use that to just learn how to fade and and, uh you know different techniques, there's 40 different ways to cut a hair hairstyle. So um but it's a pretty it's a pretty simple process. Um it can be expensive. Uh the school I went to does offer um financial aid for those who qualify. Um Right. Yeah. I was lucky to have the financial support of my mom, um, to to be able to pay for the for the tuition and for um for the for the equipment that I needed. Um, so you used to buy equipment as yeah, well, like yeah. I guess your own set of clippers, yeah. yeah, like a get, starter kit or something. Kind of, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and so like I had like my my at home kit, which you know was good enough for me, but really. It wasn't uh high enough it wasn't a high quality to really to use on a mm. lot of people at the volume that I was cutting at the at the school um so some folks I mean people that were there they were from some of them had already been barbering for years and just needed to get the license mm. um others were new to it like I was um some were coming from cosmetology school and just wanted to add another notch under their belt um so it was a it was a lot of different um expertise and you know, history in in the room. So I was cutting hair with folks who were older than me, who had been doing it for years, and folks who were younger than me who were also cutting hair for longer than I was. Um, But, you know, once you're there, two-month program, um, some folks took me under their wing Mm -hmm. and kind of helped me develop my skill. And as they, you know, graduated and I was still there and new folks were coming in, I was taking folks under my wing and helping them the same way folks ahead of me were helping me. So That's... it was a, it was a really, it was a really dope experience. Um, barbers, they talk about this, uh, uh, like the brotherhood of, of barbering. Um, and it is like a, like a fraternity. Um, but I think, you know, there was myself, there were a couple of other uh, folks, other, other women, um, there were other queer folks that were in the school when I was there Uh, So I think we definitely challenge the idea Mm -hmm. of it being, like, a brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's definitely, like, a camaraderie uh, between barbers. Um, And even, like, I see that now on on the internet when I post stuff or if I'm on Instagram and, you know, I big up a barber and he'll big me up. And um, there's definitely, like, you know, competition between folks because you want to be the best. Uh, But there is, it's nice to see that there's not, like, a lot of haterade going on, so
0: that's beautiful I think that it's so important to support each other yeah you know I mean like you said there's a lot of competition yeah but I think the beauty in actually growing your business is showing love yeah you know and supporting each other and building together while -hmm. still while still doing your thing yeah yeah
1: To, to provide a safe space for queer folks, for trans folks, for gender non-conforming. Um, I mean, I cut everybody, but that's, that's my immediate community and I know how difficult it was for me to find a barber mm-hmm. um, and how intimidating it can be to go into a barber shop and if you've never been to one or to go into one and you know like you kind of want a, a funky cut that's hard to explain and, and you can't really find anybody else to do it. Um, and so that's kind of where I've entered into into the field, mm. and uh, you know, I, I love I love my community because I wouldn't be able to do this without the support that I'm that I'm finding from folks. And it really started just from posting on Facebook and being like, I cut hair. Um, before I got into the shop, I was doing house visits, and um, you know, I had a few folks be like, Yeah, you can come to my house and cut my hair. And from there, just kind of, kind of. Uh, Snowballed and, mm. and um, now when when folks post on Facebook, uh, before I would have to like kind of hunt down people and kind of scour different uh, different groups and seeing who's looking for barbers, um, but now that I've been doing this for a little bit, um, I have a steady clientele. Um, folks will suggest me when when other folks are like, "Hey, I'm new to Brooklyn or whatever. I'm looking for mm. queer friendly barber." Folks would be like, go see Des, so that that feels really good. Then. Cause Dez is dope. I like to think so. I like to think <laughs> a little bit, but it's just you know, yeah. I I wouldn't be able to do this if folks weren't supportive of 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 my dream and what I'm trying to to create and establish. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I rely a lot on on others in a way that I didn't have I didn't do before as a as an organizer. Like work was always there as an organizer. As mm-hmm. a barber, you gotta search for it a little bit more. And, you know, nobody has to throw my name out there, but they do. Mm. Um, so that, that really means a lot to me that, that my clients support me in that way and that they recommend me to folks. And and it's just, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, and I, I didn't know how, how difficult or how easy it was going to be to kind of shift what, what I'm doing for work, Mm. um, and when you do, when you're an organizer, it's kind of like, oh crap, what else am I gonna do? Because um, we do so much as organizers, but it's kind of hard to explain and and pivot from from that to something else. And cutting here, to me, I was like, oh, this is gonna be very different than organizing. Mm. And it kind of isn't. Yeah. It's a little bit of the same thing. I'm still building with folks. Um, I get to build more one on one now with with people, um, which is which is great. I get to do all the things I really loved about organizing. Um, without a lot of the stress that organizers mm. face. Now, the only stress I face is, is being able to give you the cut that you want. Mm. Um, so, when yes. you say that you feel like
0: you're doing the same things, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because, like, okay, because I get my hair cut by a barber. Okay. Yes, it's a male barber. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> shout out to Jay. But, Shout out to Jada Barber. <laughs> yeah. Um. But when I go see my barber, I honestly, I honestly feel like I'm having like a therapy session mm-hmm. because for me, my hair is like, even though you know, hair can grow and change and whatever, it's still like a big part of who you yeah. are, and for a lot of us, yeah, it's a way that we express ourselves, yeah, you know, and our identities.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I, I I think about it as i'm helping people you know be their full selves mm. in a way I'm, I'm supporting that process um and so i think uh the way that my skills as a as an organizer as an organizer kind of translate is being able to meet people where they're at uh folks coming to the shop not everybody we don't share the same lingo like i talk in in barber talk you might not know what the hell i'm saying when i'm talking to you <laughs> um and so really trying to figure out with people um, what is the cut that they're looking for. Because sometimes it's not just, oh, I want to undercut or, oh, I want to skin fade. Um, I get a lot Man. of, yeah, right. exactly. Um, and so a lot of times it's just, you know, looking at pictures and, and the consultation uh, before the cut. I, I try to take a lot of time with that because I, I want to make sure that I'm understanding what you want um, and that what you're telling me is actually what you want mm. right um and so being having been an organizer and having to meet people in different spaces and, and talking to a lot of folks um when I was organizing one of my main things was recruiting members um so I feel like that just kind of gives me a leg up mm. in being able to 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 one even just to talk to folks like you can't really do this work and, and be introverted like you really you gotta you gotta be able to talk to folks. Um, but yeah, being a barber, it's also like people are relaxed and so Mm -hmm. they want to talk to you about things they're excited about, things they're having difficulties with. Um, and so sometimes you're just a listening board and it's not even about like giving advice or anything, but it's just being an ear for Mm -hmm. someone to talk to. Um, and again, as an organizer, there was a lot of, you know, I would do uh, mediation with folks or um you know giving support to I worked with young people young people were the folks I worked with were constantly in different crises um so helping them kind of maneuver through that Mm -hmm. um and I'm doing that now Mm -hmm. as a barber I I make memes a lot on on Facebook and one that I that I made was uh, a definition of a barber and it was like one part hair cutter Mm -hmm. one part uh life coach (laughs) Um, yeah it's
0: true it's very true one part
1: confidant like it's it's all these things like a lot of people can cut hair but you you also kind of have to do all these other other things when as a barber Mm. um so you gotta learn to listen and know that like your my place isn't to be like this is how you should go about your life but just to listen to what they have to say and if I have feedback and they want it I'll give it if they just want someone to listen And Mm -hmm. I just listen. Mm -hmm. And hopefully when they leave the chair, they they feel a lot better than when when they came to the chair. Mm. That's a skill, right? Not everybody has that ability to do that. So
0: kudos to you for doing that. Um, From a business side, how have you um, been able to, because there are two things, right? So with a successful business, you have to maintain the clients that you do have Mm -hmm. and then also build. Yep. So how have you
1: been able to do that? What's worked well for you? Um, social media kind of the, (laughs) has been really the, the, the main way I've been able to kind of build my clientele, uh, Facebook in particular. Um, I don't really use Twitter or Instagram too much for it. Um, I do have a client though, who just gave me some pointers this weekend on how to better utilize Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, you know, I just, I tried to to be steady with posting on, on Facebook. Um, there's a, a group um, called Queer Exchange that uh, was started. I don't even know exactly when. Moment. Honestly, I don't even remember how I came across it. I think I just plugged in, like I just searched queer mm-hmm. and tried to see what groups, and that was one of them. Um, and because of the success of that, uh, and when, when I first joined, they were like, oh, there's like the the queer craigslist and so people were selling everything from you know bike parts to clothing um i didn't see anybody doing what i was about to do which was posting about you know barbering and like a service to provide a lot of folks were like selling goods um but it worked and i think one thing that kind of helps me stand out amongst other because more folks have started posting about like cutting hair or being tattoo artist and, like, mm. providing other services like this um, are the memes that I make. Uh, I never post the same post twice. Um, mm. I post before I was posting, like, once a week, and then people were like, you got to cut down on some of the posts. <laughs> Cause really? Because it, like, it was, like, every every couple of posts was one of my posts because oh, okay. I was posting so often. Um, but now I keep it to, you know, I might post once a week. I post in, like, 15 different groups. Um People see it, people like the the post. Some folks started following me on, on Facebook just to see what uh crazy meme I was gonna come mm-hmm. up with. Um and I do stuff with like I'll I'll take lyrics of a song and change them up to mm-hmm. kinda advertise my, my services. Um I definitely utilized Beyonce quite a bit. Yes, Beyonce. Um, use that 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 formation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one, it's it's fun for me to do, it's a way for me to be creative. I'm not like a graphic designer by any means, but I can use my cell phone and the and the different apps on there. And uh, word of mouth, like my, my my clients are are superb at spreading the word. Um and again, as an organizer, part of it was it's not just recruiting people, it's it's retention. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you continue to build with someone so that they want to stay involved? And so I definitely draw on that skill as well. Um, so I stay in touch with with my clients. Um, I try to, whatever they're doing, if they're doing anything creative, like some of my clients, they, they do, uh, they're dancers, they're performers. Mm. Uh, they do, some of them have created online comic books. Um, so anything that I'm seeing that they're posting, I try to repost and just shout out uh, folks. Um Facebook is great when it reminds you about people's birthdays, so I try to do a shout out for Ooh. my clients when when they have a birthday. Um, but I, I like to think that those wow. things that the relationships I'm creating are genuine. It's not just like, oh, you're you're my client and I want to keep getting your money. It's it's a real relationship that I'm building with folks. Um, I know all my clients by first name basis. Um, I know the stuff that's going on with their life. Uh, I ask about partners and family, and um, some of them, you know, I, I do the house visits, so they let me in their home, and that's 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 yeah. a level of trust that I really really value. Especially folks that if it's the first time I'm, I'm cutting their hair, like, you don't know me from Adam, and you're allowing me in your home, um, so I take those relationships very seriously, and I think that um, has has really helped in, in, in keeping the clients that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, Last December, I switched shops. Um, I definitely lost a, a couple of clients because they lived in the neighborhood that the shop was located, but the overwhelming majority of my clients uh, have followed me to the new shop. Um, and I like to think it's be- because I, I give them a good haircut, but also I think it's because of the relationship that we built over the course of a year and a half. Um, Relationships are everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Relationships are everything in business. Um, I think that's the most valuable thing you can do. Yeah. Yes. I know that I have trouble with Twitter and Instagram because I'm really big into relationships. I think the most beneficial thing for me for my business has been people passing on yep. oh, Julia hosts events, right? And so I totally agree with you with that I think this it is so valuable when someone is able to speak your name and say, oh does she you know she does awesome cuts like you should definitely go see her I think that's even more powerful than Instagram or Twitter because there's something about someone already knowing
1: that person and connecting Mm -hmm. with that person and there's there's something about Facebook that I think Twitter and and Instagram kind of lack and it might just be because Facebook's been around Mm -hmm. for a lot longer um but I feel like you know, it's, it's a little bit harder to put up a front on Facebook. Like, you can create any type of whatever for Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, but with Facebook, I mean, you can see so much of someone's history, mm-hmm. whether it's through their posts or through their pictures. Um, and I feel like you get to, as 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 much as you can, bond with someone through an online profile. Like, I feel like... Facebook allows that in a way that Twitter and Instagram don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do, I haven't figured out how to, yeah, how to access yeah. that. Um, but also for, for me with Facebook, um, because I was, I was starting out doing house visits, it was really important for me to, to you know feel safe before I was going to someone's house. And so I was able to look at their profiles on Facebook because that's how we were connecting um and at the very least be able to know like okay this is your profile pic is this the person answering the door yeah um whereas with you know twitter and and instagram like you don't necessarily have that um and so there was just a a a level of 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 safety that i felt and just more connecting and, and and building with folks that i felt was a little bit more authentic through through facebook than uh what i've been able to do really with Twitter and, mm. and Instagram. Um, and it's also easier to be like, oh, we have mutual friends. Let me ask. Yeah, that's what I like. Let me write. ask so-and-so about, uh, you know, whoever's house I'm going to. It's like, oh, you know this person? Yeah. Are they on the up and up? And so it was It was easier for me to kind of put in those like you know, safety benchmarks, if you will. Mm. Um, and it's funny because before I was doing... Before I was barbering, I kind of stopped using Facebook, and I was on that, like, Twitter wave, because I like, I like to read, uh, you know, current events and stay up on stuff, and Twitter's so quick with that. Mm-hmm. Facebook's a little lagging, so I kind of stopped with, with Facebook, and uh, but barbering kind of brought me mean. back to it, and um, yeah, I'm on it, like, I'm on it all the time. I'm on it all the time trying to connect with folks and get the word out, and um, so it's been... It's been good. Do you have your
0: own um, like Facebook page for just for barbering, or
1: do you also have?
0: You know you have yes. a personal page and a business page. So or... I have,
1: I have a because Facebook changes stuff so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in college, I did spoken word. Um, I guess I'm still a poet in some ways. Um, so I had a fan page mm. when when those are like the thing that mm-hmm. that Facebook had. Um, so I had a Desert's Dope fan page for my poetry, and so I just kind of switched that up a little bit to be both poetry and hair. Um, but a lot of folks, po- I mean, people look at it, uh, but for the most part, people just contact me through my personal page, mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, it's cool. Like, I post on on both um, Cause I think it's also important that folks, just like I'm trying to check up on folks and make sure everybody's on the up and up, I think it's important that they do the same with me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I keep that open so that people can do that. Um, but I do post like pictures, and I try to I try to use the the Des is Dope page more. Um, but uh, you know, people want to connect with you individually, yeah. so. I can send something out with the Does Is Dope page and not get any response, but I put it on my right. personal page name and i was like, oh yeah, yeah, let me get a cut, let me get a cut. Yeah. So i like, all right, maybe, maybe I'll just use the personal mm. page.
0: And I think it's also the personal connection, yeah. like seeing you in your life as yeah. a
1: real person is yeah. something that people are
0: drawn to. Yeah. So what's a typical day like for you as a barber?
1: Typical day. Um, or is there a typical day? I mean, yeah I mean if it's if it's a I mean some days are slow some days you don't really get any any clients mm-hmm. um, those are those are rough days uh, when you're kind of just at the shop sitting around um, but uh, so now I only work three days a week at the shop um, so I I'm pretty busy throughout those those three days but um, I mean a typical day I, I get in at 10 10 in the morning. And I'm usually cutting hair until about six or seven o'clock. Wow! Um, I try to make time to to eat. Sometimes I forget to put in that little break. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, on a good day, I'm just back to back cutting hair. Um, I'm still getting uh, new clients. I have a lot of I have a lot of clients that I've I've been cutting for a while now for, mm-hmm. for over a year. Um, and uh, trying to like I have my regulars. So I kind of know on On a Thursday, like I know what regulars I'm gonna see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, regular days, you know, if maybe like eight people, eight to ten people a day. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean the 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 old shop I was at, the owner there, um, he would be in at eight in the morning, and I would leave at like nine at night. He would still be there till maybe like twelve midnight, sometimes wow. later. Um, I never really saw him sit down. That's how often he would so he was cutting constantly. Um and would maybe take like ten minutes to eat something and another five minutes to drink something. Um I'm not on that level yet. I hope I hope one day to be not I don't want to be cutting hair from eight in the morning to one PM. I mean one AM but um to not be able to sit. Like yes. that's that's what I'm striving for is to have that many that many clients where I gotta be like I, I can't even see you today we gotta we yeah. gotta choose a different day, um so that's what I'm striving for that's not awesome. quite there yet but you will we're be. getting
0: there you getting will there. be that's amazing I like yeah. that a lot um and so when you do the home visits do you reserve a day for that and and so that's like those are the days where you go yep.
1: and you exclusively cut hair or do you do a mixture of both so yeah I keep it I keep it separate um three days out the week I'm um, doing house visits and then three days I'm at the shop. Keep Sundays off because Des needs to brunch. Um, <laughs> that's very important. Bottomless brunch. That's right. <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the joys of living in New York. Yeah. Um, and so the 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 great thing about doing the house visits is, um, you know, well either way I'm making my own schedule, mm-hmm. but um, I pretty much travel wherever. Like I ha- I have one client that's in in the Bronx. So I go out there and I'll, I'll hook him up. He's come to the shop a few times, but, you know, if he can't make it, then I'll go out to him. Um, I have not gone to Staten Island because it's way too far and I don't actually know how to get to Staten Island. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Ferry, the there. ferry. I don't know if I can do the okay. ferry. It's a boat. It's cold yeah, it's outside. A it's
0: cold. Yeah. I think it's free though. Mm, Still maybe, not helping. Maybe. All right.
1: Maybe. Maybe. The is like, see. so what? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um yeah, so I keep it, I keep it to those three days. Um I try to keep it to uh like four visits a day. And mm-hmm. then sometimes, you know, it's simple. I only have like two visits. Um I try not to pack too many because you know I have to travel. So I'm relying on the MTA, which is not always the most reliable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but I mean one day, one time last week I think I had like five visits and that, that was a pretty packed day. Um, but anything more than that gets a little bit too much to handle. Um, but I try to start out early when I'm doing the house visits. I bring everything with me. Um, one of my my superhero powers is being able to pack um, mm. a lot of things in like a small space. So I have a pretty small backpack, but I have everything in there. Uh, my clippers, I bring the cape, um, all the all the you know clipper guards and scissors and combs and. All the stuff that you will find at the shop that I have, I bring with me to you. Wow. Um, and it's it's nice. Some, one of the reasons I started doing that was um, at the beginning, I didn't have a chair. And uh, mm. I wasn't comfortable having folks that I didn't know come to my house. Um, and also, I have a dog, and sometimes people are allergic. So it, it didn't make sense to do it outside of my house. So I was like, what if I come to people? Um. And in trying to establish a safe space, sometimes the safest space is your home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people it's not, but, you know, for those who, who can count that as a safe space and then they're welcoming me into that safe space, I take that very, very seriously. Um, other folks, like, they might have mobility issues or, or, you know, they might they might not just want to come to the barbershop. Um, and so whatever the reasons, uh, doing the house visits really, really works. And... Uh, it's a good way when I have a new client to kind of be able to, to bond with them and, and, and make them feel comfortable um, sometimes folks end up just coming to the shop afterwards because you know they feel comfortable knowing that I'm there mm-hmm. um, but I, re- I really like doing the house visits um, I wish I wish we had invented the the, the beam like on uh, Star Trek. So I could just be myself to people's houses and you just know do what?
0: that. I wish that all the time because that would be
1: really dope. Like being able the the, the the comfort and the and the convenience of getting a cut in your house. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that for all my clients. I just I, I don't drive and the MTA is not that great. Um, yeah. So I can't I can't do it. But being able to offer that three days out the week um, is, is is really nice. And honestly, I actually cut a lot of people in the neighborhood, so I'm walking to so a So you're lot walking. Of folks. So it's yeah. good exercise. Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: get out there, get some fresh air. I keep my girlish figure. You know? So so aside, it sounds like, aside from your already existing superpower of packing everything very, very <laughs> cool into a small space which is awesome your other superhero power that you'd like to have is the ability to beam and be everywhere yeah so i wish I like des can you come in here and you're
1: like Loop. boom yeah that would be i wish i had that too that'd be so dope i wish i had that that'd too. be so dope but uh <laughs> it's not invented yet so but you know what maybe, that will,
0: maybe that will be you know the next thing <laughs> what are some tips because to be honest I when I've I've always went up before I used to have like a big afro and then I was you did too yeah Yeah. and I love I love diesel yeah I loved it (laughs) but I always had a desire to go to a barbershop okay you know and so I was terrified though yeah I was terrified because I'm queer you know because I'm a woman and Mm -hmm. the majority of barbershops were male dominated yeah. um and then I, I i do have to say the first time i went to a barbershop i was totally ignored you know i walked in and mm-hmm. i was already scared and then i tried to talk to someone and they just ignored me yeah. um and so i walked out i kind of i didn't cry but i was kind of like i, I felt very traumatized yeah um mm-hmm. and then finally you know I, I got my my girlfriend at the time um <laughs> She convinced me to go to another one and and I found a good fit. But it can be very discouraging. Yeah. So, okay, two questions. What are some things that you should look for um, when you're trying to find a good barber? Mm -hmm. And then when you do find a good barber and you're doing that first kind of meeting or cut, are there things you should bring with you? What do you
1: recommend? Um. So, I think in, in finding a barber, I mean, one thing that's always helpful is tapping the tapping your, your people in your circle. Mm-hmm. Does anybody else go to a barber? And if so, ask them, ask them about their barber and maybe they can introduce you, bring, bring you to the shop that they go to. Mm. Um, but for those who, who don't necessarily have that, like when, when I first started going to a barber, I was in college, um, I also had a fro. Uh, I had really long hair for a long time, um, and uh, I ended up getting it cut right before my senior year of high school. And I went to a salon that my brother's girlfriend went to, mm-hmm. um, and it, it took a while to get. It. Uh, it was it was so bad. They put a they put a s curl on oh, my hair, God. and I looked like the Black Annie. And none of <laughs> no 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 shots to Annie, but it, it just did not suit me. <laughs> and I never got my, my senior pictures because- What? But as it started to grow out, I, would, I picked my hair and I realized mm. I had a fro. And I was like, okay, this suits me. Mm. And I kept that for years. And then I just wanted to see what I looked like without hair, with shorter hair. So when I was in college, my sophomore year, I cut it down to what it is now, just the mm. Caesar. And um, I didn't know where to go. I asked a couple of guys. There was a barbershop down the block from the school. I asked a couple of guys, was that a good shop? They were like, yeah. Um, so I just went, because I actually didn't want to go anywhere that a lot of folks that I knew were at. Because oh, I knew did? I knew people were going to say something about me cutting my hair. Because, okay. you know, people have a lot of ownership mm-hmm. in your hair. Mm. So I wanted to go to, to a place that I knew, you know, homies from my school weren't necessarily going to be at. Um, so I went to the shop. And I sat there and nobody talked to me for a minute. And it was cool cause I was just, I was looking cause I wanted to see, okay, who who has some skill? Mm-hmm. Um, And so I, you know, decided on which barber, I was like, I choose you. And, uh, they were, they were shocked. It was all guys. They were shocked that I was cutting my hair off. They wanted like an explanation what? Um, and I was like, I just, I just want to cut it. Um. But I kept going back. And uh, so that, that barber, his name is Raul. And uh, he was the only one that I let cut my hair for the, the remaining, like, two, two and a half years I was at the school. Um, so, you know, for, for me not having, knowing that I didn't want to tap into to the network of any of, of, of my friends, um, I just asked what's a good barbershop nearby. Mm-hmm. And folks, you know, pointed out that shop. But when I came to Brooklyn, I went to a couple of different shops and had similar uh, experiences that you had. Um, And so for me, it took a lot longer, and it was just like process of elimination. And I finally found – I actually work with now uh, the barber who cut my hair. Um, And I've been going to him Mm -hmm. for like 10 years now. Um, But, yeah, for folks who who are like, oh, I want to go to a barber shop, Ask folks that you trust, um, especially if you if you know that they go to a barber, ask them who they go to. Um, and then when when you're going for the first time, um, I think it's good to know what you want. Um, pictures are way better than like trying to, <laughs> trying to explain it because everybody everybody yeah. describes things differently, and it's hard
0: to understand yeah. exactly what you're trying to say. And so
1: when I have a new client, one, I ask them to send me a picture just so I know I can actually do the cut that they want because I don't want you to waste your time coming to the shop or me coming to your house, and then we realize I can't actually do what you want me to do because that's unfair to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is so I can make sure I can actually do the cut, and two is so I know what cut you want. Some folks are like, oh, I just want a Caesar or I just want a simple fade. And some folks want something a little bit more complex. Um, and so the pictures are helpful. Because even if you don't want it exactly like that picture, it's a, it's a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is uh, you have to trust the barber. There, there's, there's a level of, like, you're trusting me and I'm trusting you. Um, and, of course, like, call the barber out if they're doing something that you don't want them to do. I've had so many people come to get a cut from me. And would be like, you know, I got, a, I got a cut from this barber and I told them what I wanted and then they were doing it. And I was like, this isn't right. Re- this isn't what I wanted. While it's happening. While it's happening. Yeah. But they, you know, it's intimidating. Yeah. You don't necessarily, you don't want to speak up or you feel like you can't speak up. And that's that's harder to negotiate because that's, that's really about how comfortable do you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is it, is it worth potentially getting into an argument with the person who has, you know, clippers at your head right now? So that's yeah. something that you just have to you have to figure out for yourself. Um, but that's why I say having a picture is so helpful because even if they don't give you what you want, you can be like, I'm not coming here. This is what I told you I wanted. This isn't what you gave me. Mm. Um, but yeah, picture, pictures are important. Um, and sometimes, you know, folks come to me and they're like, just do what you think will look good. And from there, that's my job to, you know, come up with some ideas. And even then I'm still talking with people. I'm like, well, a Mohawk would look good on you Mm -hmm. or, um, Whatever, like I'll give them a couple of a couple of options. Um, I try to bring up pictures on my phone so they know what the hell I'm talking about as well, um, and then we just kind of figure it out together. Um, but when it's your first when it's your first time, I feel like you should have a, a picture or two of what you want. Um, and if you don't, I mean that's cool, but you know then you gotta you gotta put that trust into the barber that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody is creative, either. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some some folks, they've been doing this for a while, and like they will do a fade really quick. Like I'm still working on like my creative edge as a barber. Like what what is gonna set my cuts apart from mm-hmm. other people's cuts? Um, and I feel like that's just something you kind of learn the, the the more the more you cut hair. Like I'm always looking at people on the train. Um, I go on Instagram and look for for cuts and. I have a, a folder on my phone that's just all different types of cuts that I want to try and do that I haven't necessarily done yet. Um, so I'm still trying to you know figure out my my voice, if you will, yeah. as a as a barber and like what what is a does is dope style. Yeah. Um, What's your brand like? Yeah. What sets You apart exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and that's that's something I'm still I'm still kind of kind of formulating. Um, but it's funny because there's <laughs> I've had uh clients who, you know, they were coming into the shop and they passed somebody on the street and was like, you got your hair cut by Desiree. Whoa. So that's, that's that's pretty cool when when, when people tell me that. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, barbers, we're like everybody else, right? Like we're, we we have this skill, we have this, this thing that we're passionate about and we're constantly reinventing ourselves and because hair changes, trends change, um, and so you gotta, you gotta trust that your barber is doing what you want. That they're gonna give you what you want, but you also have to voice that. We can't. I can't give you what you want if you don't tell me what it is that you want,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's 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 a whole process of, of discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people all the time, like it takes me about three cuts to really learn learn your hair because everybody's hair is different. Um, to learn your hair. Uh, to learn your head because mm-hmm. you know the curve of the of the head is different you can't cut the head you can't cut everybody's hair exactly the same um it's a different process each time mm-hmm. uh, because everybody's hair is different texture the way it grows uh if you got cowlicks if you don't if you got thinning hair in one area but you know it's voluptuous in another like everybody's different um and, like it takes me three times if you're gonna get the same haircut every time it takes me three times um to be able to do it without you telling me mm. um but it, it's 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 a new I probably I don't even cut the my 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 clients now I probably do a, the same cut different every single time even if you've been coming to me for over a year what do you mean the same cut different so like figuring out different different ways to do it different techniques okay um okay. is one technique gonna is it, is it quicker? Like, are you in a rush right now? Do I need to be able to do this cut that usually takes me 30 minutes? Do I have to do it in 20? Um, if I bought new clippers, um, that means I got to learn how to how to do it a little bit differently based on the clippers. Um, I'm always buying new toys, so mm. I, like to, I like to try them out. Um, but like I said before, there's no one way to do a haircut. There's, you know, they say there's like, you know, six million ways to skin a cat or whatever. Mm. It's the same way with hair. Um but everybody's different and you can't approach the same different people the same way. Um and you can't approach the same haircut the same way. Cause mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to be different. Um but that's the biggest thing for someone looking for a barber is you have to trust this stranger yeah to to, to do this thing that's so important because hair is important. Yeah, it grows back, but I think especially for 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 queer trans Mm-hmm. And and gender nonconforming folks, like our gender expression and, and our identity is so important. Cause I think for a lot of times, like we weren't able to, like we weren't able to express ourselves the way we wanted to. We had to fit in these boxes. Mm-hmm. And now we're finding this autonomy to to be ourselves and to be our full selves in the way that we've always wanted to be. And for some that starts with hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's 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 very much a, a political statement. In my book, and that that's why I take it so seriously, and I I want to make sure that I'm doing right by my clients. Um, it's not just simply oh, I just want a mohawk. Like it, it speaks a lot to who we are as people. Um. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just it's so important and is so like ingrained in our identity. I don't I don't want to mess that up because mm-hmm. I don't want someone to be. I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable in their skin after they came to me when I'm supposed to be supporting you to be your your mm-hmm. full self and how you envision yourself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's such a big deal yeah. is
0: I think one of the number one things that we want in life is to be understood. Yeah. Right? And so hair and self-expression are very linked mm-hmm. and it helps because sometimes you see yourself in your head a different way than you're able to express. Mm-hmm. But there's some magic in when you get a cut that you feel like, oh my God, this is, this is yeah. who, this is me. Yeah. Like, honestly, my style changed with my hair. Yep. You know, and yep. when I felt like I had a cut that really showcased who I felt like I was inside, mm-hmm. outside, I was like,
1: oh my God. And you start feeling yourself and you're <laughs> you know? like, yes, but this, this yeah. is me. Yeah. No, like, when I had, when I had my afro, that was the first time I really felt like, yeah, mm. this this is dense. Like, I had longer hair. I would get, you know, cornrows. And that was cool. And I did it mostly because I, I didn't like long hair and I didn't know what to do with long hair. And that was just the easy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started to cut my hair shorter, I started to, to feel more like me. Like, I liked what I saw when I looked in the mirror. And I didn't always like what I saw when I was younger. Um, and I didn't have as much control and say so over how I wanted to to present mm-hmm. and look. Um, one thing I really love doing is when folks come to me and get big chops, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I've had a I've had a couple of clients, and oh, I love it so much. And part of it, you know, is making making people feel comfortable because whether you've always loved your hair or not, there's an attachment to it for a lot of folks, and you may be ready to cut your hair, but still doesn't mean it's not gonna be emotional. Um and so I've been able to to, to help people come through that process of of going from super long hair to, to really, really short hair. Um and it's uh it's so great. And I always talk, tell folks like they don't want to go too short. I'm like you're gonna be back in two weeks and you're gonna tell me to cut it short. Yeah, it's and so inevitably that's what happens. Get, you're gonna get addicted yeah, to that you you see and you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. oh, I can see my face now and there's mm-hmm. just There's like a, a, it's like a coming out almost of like, so this is me, I'm a rock on. and and There's no denying it now because I'm firmly planted in who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be able to be a part of that uh, with folks on a regular basis, like it's, oh, it's so great with, with organizing you, you're, you're always hoping for a victory, right? And it takes a lot longer because it's a long daunting process. And some people organize for years and never really get a victory, Um, but I feel like with barbering, like I get a victory every every thirty minutes when I cut someone's hair, which is which is really cool and gratifying in a way. Um, Yeah, I mean, hair is oh, it's so important, important. and it gets policed so much. I think especially with with people of color. but also, I mean, the, the 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 community I didn't really think about was I, I have a lot of white queers that get cuts by me as well, and I mean it's policed in a different way. There's a different level of acceptance mm. that I think white folks get that people of color don't necessarily get. Um, but it's still it's still a look that's being policed, and it's it, your expression is is being suffocated by other folks. Um, and so, yeah, being able to kind of let people breathe mm. is is so great to be able to to be able to do. Um, and it's always shocking when folks well, not shocking but interesting when folks come back after you know for, for their second cut. And my first question is, so how much do people freak out mm-hmm. when they saw your hair? And I always get these responses about, you know, so many people are so pissed off as if I did something to them personally by cutting my hair. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, people's, their, their, their thoughts around how, how much ownership they have of you, um, with something as simple, but also as complex as hair. Right? that has nothing to do with anybody else. It really is just about you. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're like, why'd you cut your hair? Oh, you had such beautiful long oh. hair. Or Oh, I would kill for your hair. Blah, blah, blah. But it's mine. It's not yours. Mm-hmm. If you want this, you can get the haircut too. You yeah. Get the hairstyle. You like, can. just go do it. Um, That's but, so
0: interesting, yeah. right? How angry
1: people can get yeah. about your body, yeah. about what you want to do yeah. with your body. You know, your yeah. hair. Because I, I definitely experienced that when I cut my fro off the first time. And Me I go back much. and forth. I'll grow it. I'll cut it. But uh, to have, like, when I was in college, I had folks coming up to me that I never had a conversation with, but they knew me for being the girl with the afro Mm -hmm. and were like, oh my God, why did you cut it? You have such beautiful hair. Yeah, I would have never thought you would cut your hair. You don't even, what's my name? (laughs) You don't even have my name. What are are you wasting time thinking about what I would or would not do? That's crazy. And my clients experienced the same thing. Um, And then, I mean, you know, for, for folks who are, who identify as women, um, and, you know, we're taught what it means to, to be a woman, and you gotta be feminine, and feminine Mm. means having long hair, and, Mm. uh, it's just, it's, it's nice to, to find solidarity and unity in that, and knowing that, like, I'm not the only one who went through it, it sucks that we go through it, but, to find solidarity with folks who are like, you know, fuck it, short hair don't care. Right? Yes, you know what I mean, I love and long short hair, hair don't care. I mean, do Unlo- you? Yeah, long do hair you, too. But it's 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 doing you, like yeah. be who you want to be, express yourself the way you want to express it, and I I get to do that every day with folks and and help them support them, be their full selves. I love that. Um, so, do you cut your own hair, though? Sometimes. Um, so I work with my barber now. Um, so it's funny. I'll go into work and he'll be like, Des you need a shape up. <laughs> um, and I, I like having a shape up. I like yeah. being really crispy. Um but uh yeah, now that it's that it's shorter, um I can always do the, the front and like yeah, right on the sides. Yeah. I can't do anything behind the ears and in the back. Okay. Um I taught my girlfriend how to do my shape yes. ups in the back to kind of keep me looking good in between cuts. Um, But, uh, I mean, now that I'm doing this full time and I work in a shop, there's no excuse to not have a haircut because Jack will just, his name is Jack, he'll hook me up and then I'll cut his hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was at another shop, it was the same thing. Like, the other barbers would would cut my hair. Um, But for a long time, yeah, I did cut my own. But once you're in a shop and you can have somebody else do it, I'm like, why not? Like, I cut people's hair all day. I want to take, you know, 30 30 minutes to just kind of chill and have somebody else and relax a little bit have somebody else worry about how i'm looking <laughs> so two two other questions
0: if you do have a shortcut how many um
1: how often should you get it cut i mean it's oh no no go ahead okay. I'll ask the second
0: one um
1: i really think it's, it's it's up to the person like uh so right now i have a i have a caesar uh it's cut on a number two guard for anybody mm. who's interested um, if I wanna keep it like this, because my hair grows so quickly, um I usually get a shape up every week, um, and I might cut it uh, do a full haircut like you know every three weeks okay. or so. um, but it's really about what your comfort level is. Some people can't stand when their hair is grown out just even a tiny bit, and they they want it cut like immediately. Um, but I usually tell people like two weeks. Um, if you're trying to just keep your lines, your edges really crisp, um, it depends on how quickly your yeah. hair grows. Mm-hmm. I work in a shop. I get it done for free, so <laughs> I get it done every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's really it's really up to you when folks first get a cut from me, especially if it's from a big chop doing a big chop, I tell them to let their hair grow to a point that's almost uncomfortable. Just so they can see, you have to learn how your hair is at mm. this point because it's it's going to be different. You got to be, you have to you know reintroduce yourself to your hair. Um, so I always tell folks to wait a little bit longer than you might feel comfortable, just so you can see how it's growing out. You might realize, oh, I actually like it at this longer length, mm. um, and then we'll just keep it at that length and do the proper maintenance for that. Um, or after it grows out, you might be like, actually, I want it shorter than what it was before. Um, so I always encourage people to do that. Uh, some folks come to me every every three weeks. Some come to me like every month and a half. It really depends on on how quickly your hair grows and mm. what's the look you're trying to upkeep. If you're getting designs, that's a whole other story. Because designs, you need. If you're trying to keep it crispy, that's like probably like every week, mm. just to kind of freshen <laughs> up the lines and stuff. But. Yeah. My barber told me because <laughs> I, I get lines sometimes and he was like,
0: when you see that line starting to fade out, that's your timeline yep. to come in. And yep. see.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean everybody's hair grows grows yeah, differently. Yeah. Um but I mean if you're if you're trying to like always look like you got a haircut, probably every two weeks is a is a good good way, go. okay. a good way to go. Okay. If folks want to
0: do a little self maintenance are there any like starter clippers that you would recommend um, for us?
1: Um, so I really like uh, the brand Wall for, for at home care W W A H L. Okay. Um, so they're a little bit cheaper. I mean if you're trying to like go all out um, and get like professional grade stuff, you can do that. That gets it gets pricey though. Mm-hmm. Um but the first kit I bought myself was a was a wall kit. Um and The clipper had an attachment for a liner so that you can do like your lineup. Um, And it ran me, I don't know, maybe like 40 bucks, 40 or 50. It It had a little cute little carrying case and whatnot. I actually still have those clippers. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody who can do their own fade. Okay. Never met it without having like a bunch of mirrors and a whole process. And to me, if you gotta do all that, you might as well come to me and let me hook you up. Um, but wall, the uh, the wall brand is really good. Um, but it's also like how well you're gonna take care of your clippers. Um, so after every single cut, I clean my clippers. Um, With so, like barbicide or something. Yeah. Uh, See, I'm sized. I'm learning. There you go. There you go. So you you know you brush the hair out and you spray it down so that it's sanitized. Mm. Um, but the spray also lubricates everything so that it doesn't get rusty. Um, and sometimes you gotta actually oil your clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really, you got to take care of your clippers. Uh, if you take care of your clippers really well, that machine will last you for years. You'll have to replace the the actual blades because those, like anything, wear down. But the the machine itself, as long as you're taking care of it, you don't drop it too many times, um, <laughs> it should last you a good number of years. That's, okay. So Wall. That's yeah, a Yeah, Wall, Wall is a good brand. I mean, if you're looking to, to get a little bit pricier um andy's is good oster is good those are the three brands i use mm. um there's a, a new shaving system out there bevel yeah uh, which is that. uh it's owned by by young man of color um and it's uh specifically for for men of color mm. um in terms of shaving because the the hair is thicker and, um black men in particular are more prone to like um uh, uh the bumps. The razor yeah razor bumps. Yeah. bumps and and um, so this guy developed a, a different razor that's more soothing for, for the hair type and the skin size. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was doing straight razors. I know that they just released a, a liner. Um, so what I would use for like, for shape ups, lineups and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I assume they're probably going to come out with a clipper soon and yeah. when they do it, I'll probably buy it. Um, but if you're looking for like shaving stuff, um, I would actually really recommend That brand because yeah Bevel shout out to Bevel yeah they just have really it's really good products and you know it's it's kind of mom and pop because it's Mm -hmm. it's a young dude that just started it out. Um,
0: And support support businesses that are you
1: know owned by people of color. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Um, Before we go, I want to do this segment called Train Debates. Right. So you live in Brooklyn and everyone knows me knows that I live way in Manhattan uptown and I'm always <laughs> like, feeling like I'm the last queer woman out there in Manhattan but is there a train, you've been living in New York for like 10 years you yep. said, is there a train that you would like to advocate for as the most reliable or your favorite train <laughs> in New
1: York City? I mean so I've been living in this area for a while now so I'm kind of partial to the Q train. What? Which I know it's the Q train has such a bad reputation, so I ain't gonna lie. On the weekends, it's horrible because they they will the MTA will stop
2: yes. the Q
1: train from running, and it, it's horrible sometimes. But when it is running, I like it because it goes to so many different areas. Like, like what? I, So I mean, I can I can travel in Brooklyn. I can get to Queens. I can go to Manhattan, um, and it connects to other trains really well. Like anything that kind of connects to 34th Street or 14th 42nd like to me that that's good i hate having to change my train Mm. more than once if i have to get to you and i gotta get on a on a third train you're not coming probably not (laughs) probably not like i will i will try and figure something else out um i really like the q train um my it's funny because my girlfriend before we lived together uh she lived towards um uh, the junction where Target is. So mm-hmm. she was on the two train. I also used to live over there. Can't stand the two. I don't care what the two, but the two is always express. No. Yeah, but it's also always cold. It's like an ice box. Doesn't matter if it's time, <laughs> summertime. I swear they always have the AC. That's on. true. That's true. I'll it's give freezing you that. I'll in give the two train. So I really try to avoid the two as much as possible. Um, I, I mean, it's probably just because I've been living here for so long and I rely on the queue. I prefer the Q over the B. Um, It might also be because it's the Q and I'm queer and I'm... Um. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? But I like like my train and when it's running, it's good.
0: Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I have to advocate for the A train. The A train is always so
1: crowded. Every time I've taken it, it's always so crowded.
0: Okay, but the A train is... Actually, historically, the longest running train. Yeah, I've right? heard that. there have been songs made about the A-train. Yeah. You know, shout out to Duke Ellington. There have been, you know, whatever. The A-train is known for running the longest because it goes all the way to JFK. Yeah. and It goes all the way to Inwood yeah. where I live.
1: And so I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll but give I, you that. But I don't ride the I don't <laughs> ride the, the A-train too often though.
0: Oh, you don't? I guess yeah. not, because like the A goes to a totally different part of Brooklyn, yeah. which I don't know where that is, but yeah. yes. And
1: now, I mean, doing the house visits, uh, for the most part, I'm in Brooklyn, so I'm yeah. taking the buses now, which is a whole I, other animal. I don't like buses. I don't I like don't the like buses bus. either. Um, <laughs> not too much. I get motion sickness.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, and yeah. so on a train, I can read on my phone and do whatever. On the bus... And I do it to myself every day because I, mm. I take the bus to work now. Mm. And you know, I'll be on Twitter or Facebook reading stuff and get I get nauseous like a month. and I gotta stop, but the article's good, so I just keep reading it. <laughs> and what? What do you and by the time I get to work, Frank the owner is just like, You okay, Daz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bus again, bus you again. Know. Like I just you know I just need know. to sit huh? for like five minutes take some drink some ginger <laughs> oh man
0: so yeah, is there great. is there a quote that inspires you or that you live by uh ooh
1: you know fuck shit up um yeah <laughs> there was there was a quote that i saw um that i have kept I it on my phone okay Cause I saw, and you know, being a barber, I was you know getting into basically like running your own business, even though like I rent a chair and and things like that. Um, I'm not responsible in the same way. Um, for I'm not running the shop. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to find it, yes, okay. So I found this quote because I was like, this is gonna be scary because I don't have like a business degree, I've never mm. ran a business. I'm not even all that good with math. but So I was getting a little worried that, like, did I make the right decision or mm-hmm. not? And so the quote is, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. Yes! And for me, I was just like, okay, so that means grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm-hmm. Because one day I won't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some days are easier than others. Some days are really hard. There are days... Especially because I because I switched shops, it was like rebuilding all over again. Even though I went there with an established clientele, um, you know, some some days, some days are really good, some weeks are really good, and some weeks I'm like, oh, I, I was at the shop for you know x amount of hours, I only had two cuts, mm-hmm. um, and so that as as a barber is really hard because you're you're relying on people coming into the door, mm-hmm. um, but. I just, you know, keep in my head that I every day is a hustle, um, and not every day is going to be like this. It's not always going to be this hard. Mm. Eventually, it's going to get easier. Um, and you know, I have people that love me that are always encouraging me. My my girlfriend is oh, she's so great. Shout um, out to our partners. Yes, you
0: know because. It's hard yeah. to have your own business. Yeah. It's hard to 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 leave behind maybe solid, steady work to, yep. to start your own thing. So yeah. the people that hold us down, it's yeah. like everything. So yeah. shout out. I mean,
1: giving giving up <laughs> giving up a job yeah. that had healthcare benefits was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel you. So you know, having having someone that that supports you and is there to be, be like you, you're doing a good job because. At the beginning, I questioned myself a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, did I even make the right decision? I'm, I'm, I'm a queer woman doing, in an industry that's predominantly, you know, men. Cis men. Um, and so there, there, there's a struggle. There's a level of like, you know, folks weren't trying to fuck with me mm-hmm. at, at the shop that I was at for, for a while. Like, People would come in, I'd have nobody in my chair, and they'd look right past me. Some folks are like, oh, you work here? And I'm like, you think no, I'm just, just here? I'm just here every day, the same hours every day, just chilling <laughs> with my barber jacket on. But no, I'm, I don't. I don't work here. Um, so yeah, I mean that that quote when I saw, I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. It's mm. it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a struggle. My mom raised me to to be a fighter, um, and my my girlfriend is is supporting me to to get to that point where I don't have to fight. That's why. Right. You know what I mean? So. Um. Yeah, and I actually I haven't looked at that in a in a while, so I'm glad that that I did because I have it on my phone. I was like screenshot. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, when days when days are, are are harder, um, I actually look at like some of my old cuts to just be like, I right, I have people that believe in me. Mm. I have I have people that are gonna keep coming to me to get a cut, even if it's just five people. Those five people have been sticking with me. Um. Cause it's it's hard. Run, I don't even. It's hard as a as someone renting a chair, so I can't even imagine what it's like once mm. once I do own my own shop. Um, that's gonna be a whole other type of struggle. Mm. But uh, me and my best friend, we always say, you know, the struggle is real, mm-hmm. and it's so real. Um, but it's also important, right, to embrace your yeah. struggle because yeah. that's what
0: makes you who you are. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and you said a couple of seconds ago you have those five clients that keep coming to you. And a lot of times we are like, we belittle the power that we have, right? And we say, oh, well, it's, you know, this small group. When I started first hosting events, it would be like a small group. And I'd be like, well, it's only like this many people. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if you have a solid following, that is so important. And you have to show love with those people that have been with you from the beginning. Because those are... The people that fuel your yep. fire and help you to keep going. Yeah. That found you know? the foundation
1: is important. Mm. It's so important. And I'm I'm very lucky that I have one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm very, yeah. very, very blessed. Um, I get to do something that I love every single day. Um, and now everybody can say that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I can I can honestly say I'm I'm at a place that I really like to be at. I feel supported in the shop. I feel supported by my community. Um I get frustrated, like anybody does with any job, but it's so much different than other frustrations I've had at past jobs. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I'm 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 very lucky, and I hope that this lasts for a while because I, I really enjoy it. It's it's nice to to wake up and be excited to go to work every day. Yes, that's. That like, that so, right there is just kind of worth That's it so important. That's everything. Yeah. That's everything. Well, And I get to pay my bills while I do it. So that's always, that's always, also nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? Waking up every day doing something that inspires you.
1: Yeah. It's
0: such a special feeling. So yeah. thank you for the work that you do for the community. Wow, thank, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Yeah. That's amazing. And we will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime... Say what you need to say. Express yourself the way that you want to express yourself. And just be you and be awesome.
1: Yeah. Shout out to all my dope clients. Because y'all make everything so much easier by being you. Yes. being down with me. Love y'all.
0: And I will put all of Dez's information in the notes. So you can come check her out at her shop and get a fresh cut.
1: Yes, yes. Let me hook you up. (laughs) All right.
0: Take care. See you next time. Bye.